It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Buckeye Scoop Post Game Show. I have C. Grant. I have Phil. I have myself. Uh, we just watched an absolute brutalization of Michigan State, something that we basically all called and expected. Uh, nothing surprising. Uh, started off with you, C. C. Your initial thoughts on the game. I think if there's one bugaboo right now for the team, it is the cornerback play. I know you played corner. It's a tough position. I think a lot of these guys are lacking confidence. Um, they're getting dunked on. Uh, it's not really getting exposed because Michigan State, frankly, doesn't have the skill guys to really expose it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the back end, um, which right now I guess people would call the weak link because I don't know when everything's kind of operating at like an A-plus level, there's got to be some weak link. So uh, I'd love your thoughts on the cornerback play uh, versus Michigan State today. Well, I think it, just like you said, Kirk, it, it's very obvious that uh, we need to get better. And, and on the back end, I think we're solid at the safety position. I think that we'll continue each and every week to get better at the cornerback position. Um, one thing about playing out there on the island is um, you have to be disciplined and you have to have a short-term memory. Uh, you can't allow one bad play to turn into multiple bad plays. Um, and, and it really takes a lot to become a cohesive unit. So. Um, although uh, right now it looks like the black eye on our defense, uh, I still have hope that uh, in the coming weeks that uh, we can tighten things up and get better. Yeah, I um, I, I agree. I, I think it's a lot like playing tackle where you're kind of out on the edge, and if you mess up, everyone sees it. It's kind of the one of the reasons why corners make so much money is because you know they can't you know they they're when you give up a touchdown, everyone sees. It. Like if you're a defensive tackle and you get pancaked. Most people don't notice it. They don't see that. Most of common fans. Um, but, yeah, when you're out of corner, man, it's it's a tough spot. Phil, what were your thoughts on uh, the game script? I mean, we did uh, the game stream live. Uh, it was a blast, the party. Uh, what were your thoughts on the initial, um, you know, on the reaction? You know, the second half, we we, uh, we took off. But what did you think of the rest of the game after we logged off? Obviously, I know what you're feeling uh, after the first half. But um, give me your thoughts on the second half. It kind of went as expected. I, I think sort of flipped into cruise control for the second half. You know, they they really couldn't stop the offense. You got to see some of the younger guys get in. Uh, I, you know, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think there's anything from this game that would be a cause for concern. Yes, the cornerbacks had a few blips there. Uh, I was surprised that they sat Cameron Brown for that long, just because they don't have a lot of depth there, but. I guess it's, um, you know, you're accountable for the results on the field. So uh, I think the the cornerback room will get better and, you know, his learning experience 
I don't think there's a lot to be concerned about, especially the first half we talked about it. You know, the you had the pick six, but that seemed more like a miscommunication than really an error on the corners uh, on the wide receiver or uh, or CJ Stroud. So uh, I, I think overall it was very positive and then you know, a little sloppy here and there, but you know, kind of got into cruise control. That that was a, a dominant victory. They could not stop the offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know, I I was hoping we we get the second teamers in a little bit earlier uh kyle mccord we only got a couple passes from him my, my hope was let him actually run the offense let's see what happens but you know they they get a little conservative when he comes in i get it but you know it's being respectful to the opponent but it was a dominant victory all around uh yeah i i, I think that you know we're to the point now where the biggest thing we're critical of is how early we pull the starters which is kind of hilarious and yeah, a, a little thing. bit about the court yeah it's it's you know it's uh a lot of people would love to have those uh, those questions, but I'm with you. I always think that we should pull the starters earlier because, you know, we score so many points. And, you know, I just think you have to develop depth. Some of these young guys are going to have to play down the stretch. Uh, you, as C knows, you know, you're only an injury away from being the guy. You know, and we've been nicked up at uh, at receiver, running back, you know, basically knock on – I don't have any wood. Knock on wood, every position with the O-line and, and quarterback has had some some issues uh, with injuries. And, and I think that – you, you got to keep getting these guys ready to go because uh, we really have two games left that are big, Penn State and Michigan. That's it. Then we go to the 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 Big Ten Championship, which I'm sure we'll probably see Minnesota, and then you're on to the playoffs. But, see, um, give me your thoughts on, you know, obviously the rush defense was outstanding. I mean, they, they were in the negatives for most of the game uh, with the starters. Uh, but what do you think Ohio State needs to improve on? And it doesn't have to be defense, offensively, defensively. Like, from your from your lens – what does Ohio State need to continue to improve on as we march towards the huge game at Penn State, which, you know, we have the bye week, then we have Iowa. What do they need to continue to improve on um, in your eyes? Um, defensively, I just think that we need to continue to uh, work together. I think that we're off to a great start, uh, is, you know, from previous uh, defenses. I think we're very strong, but we cannot get complacent, um, especially coming off this bye week. We just really need to gear up and continue to play fast, physical uh, brand of football. Just to hit on those corners real quick, uh, one thing that you do have to realize, and just like you were saying, Kirk, if you get pancake and you're up on the defensive line, uh, a lot of people aren't going to you know, really see that because that's the first line of defense. I was always taught by coaches that you know when you're there in the secondary, your mistakes are amplified because the band's going to play. One mistake, there's no line of defense behind you. Uh, as far as offensively, I was very impressed with our offense today. C.J. Stroud, uh, in my eyes, is uh, the leader uh, for the Heisman. But again, we need to continue to get better each and every week. Uh, looking forward to getting some guys back who are injured. Um, I think they help us out a lot. But I was impressed um, with Xavier, who came in and stepped in as uh, the backup running back today since uh, Ryan was out. And, uh, and I think that we showed our depth on that end. Phil, like you said, when a guy like Kyle McCord gets into the game, um, I understand that we're trying to be respectful, but, you know, reps and running that offense in a way that a starter would want to run it is, is going to be That's big. That's what I want to be, yeah. Down the line. I mean, to look away from any, uh, getting hurt, the next guy's up, and you don't want to burn, um, you know, when, when all the bullets are flying like that. So I just think that we just need to stay complete uh, and not be complacent and uh, continue to work on our craft. 
that was the first big road uh, game for us too. Yeah, and I I uh, I totally agree, uh, Phil. Who uh, who are you giving your helmet stickers to this week? Uh, obviously, some Sandals Travion was outstanding. Nineteen carries, one hundred and eighteen yards. Well, the touchdown. I mean, CJ Stroud, another magnificent performance as he marches towards the Heisman Trophy. Twenty-one for twenty-six, three sixty-one, six touchdowns. That one bad pick, but you know that's going to happen sometimes. Uh, just another exceptional outing. Uh, Mecca five for one forty-three. Marvin seven for one thirty-one, three touchdowns. Uh, really, just a yeoman's work by by the entire team. But who gets your uh, helmet stickers? Hand three of them out, and then I'll go to you. See the same question. Look, it's uh, it seems like we're doing the same thing every week. It, you, I feel like you have to give CJ one of the stickers, right? Six touchdowns, three hundred sixty-one yards. Give CJ a sticker. I think for the receivers, uh, I actually wouldn't pick Igbuka. I thought Marvin Harrison Jr. and CJ had a few amazing plays together. I mean, CJ dropped a few dimes right in there, so I would probably give one to Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, on the defense, uh, yeah, that's tough. I mean, I. It seems like Mike Hall was back to being incredibly disruptive. He was he was getting in there a lot, so I'd probably give it to Mike Hall. But uh, it was nice to see some of the. You know, I honestly, I was a little surprised. I thought that they were going to go right to Dallin Hayden, you know, as the the first running back in, and Xavier Johnson, who had been you know playing more receiver. They they actually went to him first, so that was a little surprising. It shows how much they trust him. I don't think he's your typical walk on. Like that's a that's probably a guy that everyone on the team sees as like a scholarship player can do it all. So that was cool to see. So I don't know if I give him a sticker, but I was happy to see that he was getting some carries and making a difference in different ways than we might've expected. Usually it's like within special teams, right? Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I thought, you know, Mike Hall gets one of my helmet stickers. I thought the tackles did a great job. Again, uh, Dewan gave up his first sack of the year. I thought uh, he could have been better on the player who gave it up. And then the very next play, he sat and used his hands and absolutely killed a guy. Put, knocked him off his feet with a great jam. Uh, I thought, obviously, the line. Um, when you get 614 yards and, you know, average five yards a carry against Michigan State on the road, I think it's exceptional. Um, you know, but the the, you know, the story to me is the, the defensive line. Uh, we gave up seven yards on the ground on 20 yeah. carries. So, I mean, that's like. You know, that's, and, that's, and you that's, know what? I I totally underscored your point because I didn't point out any offensive linemen. We're saying like, you know, <laughs> were, you, were, you, like were, were you were used to it? <laughs> yeah, like the O line. I, I just like went right over the O line, yeah. went to like the skill positions, right? And uh, yeah, those guys. The fact that we didn't notice them should tell you everything you need to know. So probably yeah. should throw out some uh, Buckeye stickers there as well. I love it. All right, see, same question. Give me your analysis, your three helmet stickers you're going to hand out to the Buckeyes after today's performance. Um, like Phil was saying, um, I'm definitely going to go with C.J. Stroud. He gets one. Um, Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. gets one. And then defensively, I'm going to give one to the front seven, just like you were saying, you know, stopping the run, being dominant. Um, I think that, you know, we're moving in the right direction. Another guy that I think of um, who could have been or who could have got a helmet sticker is also Henderson. If I'm not mistaken, he had over 100 yards rushing before halftime. And uh, so those would be uh, my three right there, Craig. I love that. Uh, you know, it's, it's just been a crazy year. You know, we go from Mayan having uh, a first-team All-American type of week last week to not having him available. I believe he got his knee scoped. Uh, 
which again, you know, you're in for Michigan State, you got to buy a week, you know, get them ready for really Penn State. I mean, I think that the crazy thing about when how soft the schedule is and how bad the Big Ten is, especially offensively, is like, do you play Jackson Smith and Jigba versus Iowa? Or do you give him that extra full week to get ready for Penn State? I mean, personally, I mean, he's, he's preseason number one receiver in the country, him or Jordan Addison, and we don't miss him. <laughs> like, I mean, I hate to say that, but it's like, right? You know, he might be seven points, though. Well, that's what I'm saying with Iowa. That you, you get to 10, and they're like, oh, God, this is like the, the end of time. See, if you were in Ryan Day's shoes and you had – your superstar wide receiver with a nagging soft tissue injury, a hamstring, which a hamstring, you know, it's not, you know, people don't cry tears for you when you pull your hamstring, but it's one of the worst injuries a player can have, especially a skill guy, because they always want to try to come back and they always want to try to push it and they always want to get back on the field and, oh, hey, you look, it looks like you're walking good. Like, can you go play today? And sure, you go out there and pull it again. And then you're back to, it's like all those hours of rehab and all that stem and laser and ice and heat and all that it all goes out the window as soon as you pull it again so it's like you know do you shut him down until penn state uh, what would you do if you were in ryan Day's shoes see um just like you were saying with those hamstring injuries um as long as you're walking and jogging they may fool you if, you know mentally and be like okay i'm okay but as soon as you go and burst uh, you know, so I think it's a, a touchy situation. I think that he has to have great communication with his wide out, see how he feels. Um, I'm kind of mixed on this because, you know, after being out for so long, I think it, it would be good to get in the game, maybe uh, for a certain percentage of the game, just to kind of see where you're at with it. But, um, you know, the way that we're rolling right now and younger guys and other guys have stepped up, it may be best just to hold him out because I think what we don't want to see is him come back too early, re-injure it, and then we don't have him down the line. Just like you said, we still have guys uh, on the schedule like Penn State and that team up north. So I think it's a, a touch and feel situation. Uh, have great communication. Whatever Ryan, Coach Ryan Day uh, decides, I think that um, we'll be fine either way. But uh, I know I know he wants to get back out there on the field and compete with his brothers. So um, just have great communication with him and see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm that kid, you know, I'm I'm seeing if I can be held out through Penn State. Because, again, you know, when it, when you play Iowa, if you score 10, you're going to win. So it's like it's, you know, I, he, and, and, again, we need him for Michigan and Penn State. That's it. So we don't need him for – And let's, let's be, like, realistic. Like, th- this guy has – everything in front of him with the NFL. Like you have oh, to understand yeah. his personal situation too, right? Yeah. Because it's easy for us to say like, you know, I'd go out and play every game. But if I were him, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm good for a little bit. I'm going to get right. 100% healthy. Definitely save myself for that Michigan game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think that he's yeah. he's a special player and it's a terrible injury. You know, it's not debilitating like an Achilles or an ACL, but yeah. it's something where once it happens – it just keeps happening. So, you know, you have to shut guys down. Sometimes, like with certain guys, you have to save them from themselves because they'll go out and play against Toledo and then they'll repull it and then you're, yeah, or they might pull it worse. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage him. I think that, you know, getting mine fixed up uh, is huge. You know, this bye week is coming at a really important time because we are really dinged up, uh, uh, you know, across the board. Um, you know, our corners are just, you know, it's, it's weird that, you know, we have to nitpick at things like the cornerback play. And let's face it, those guys, they see a lot more of an aerial assault from, from these Big Ten teams because we're always winning. 
So other teams are yeah. always throwing the ball. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like when you, you draft a, a fantasy football quarterback and I'm like, all right, I want the best quarterback that has the worst defense so that they're always behind. They're always throwing. So it's like our, our guys are seeing yeah. 50 passes a game where other teams might see 30. So there's more opportunities to, 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 to screw up. And I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, some of these guys, you can see it in their, in their demeanor and their body language. They don't have the confidence. Um, See, as a player, I'm sure there was a game or a, a practice or a series of plays or a series of games where, you know, confidence got shook. I know you're alpha dog and, and I, I get it, but you know, I've, I've been there. I might not say it out loud, but I mean, what did you do if maybe you weren't performing to the level that you expected of yourself to try to get that, get that, I mean, I hate, I hate the word swagger more than anywhere in the world, but you know, it's like, get that swagger back, get that get that mentality uh, perked back up to, to the level you're accustomed to? Well, I can speak for this, uh, you know, especially back in 2001 when I was out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They're on the island. Uh, we yeah. had a game, homecoming game against Wisconsin. And, uh, I gave up a 75 yard pass for a touchdown. And I mean, you, you know, the media is on you and, and everybody's on you. And, uh, and so I kind of, I kind of isolated myself there for a moment there. Um, just uh, really didn't want to press too much, but it's hard not to press uh, when you're playing at a pressure cooker, like the Ohio state, you're going to press. You can say that you're going to block everything out, but you're hearing it. You're hearing it walking across the oval. You're, you're hearing it. If you pick up the lantern or, any type of uh, newspaper outlet. And now these guys now have, uh, you know, social media. So it's in their face constantly. So I, I just think uh, the biggest thing is um, getting back, uh, keep it simple, stupid, dumb. You know, when you're out there at practice, um, you know, almost almost using those practices as game situations. I didn't. I never ran away from uh, the issues. That means when we're in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens, I'm, I'm getting up against our top wideouts and I, I want work, you know, I, I, and then, and, you know, also asking those guys on uh, offense, the wide receivers, Hey, what do you see that I'm doing wrong? You know, you know, is there something that you can help me with on that end going back and watching film and then ultimately, you know, your teammates, man, they're going to up, uh, uplift you and empower you and, and let you know that, Hey man, you're going to be all right. So the big thing is, is don't press, and just try to find yourself, man. Just keep it real simple because if you don't, it can get out of hand. And before you know it, you'll be wondering, should I even be at a place like the Ohio State on scholarship? So, um, so yeah. sure. So I, I have a few questions for you guys. So as, as sure. former Ohio State players, 
So one of the, the, the comments we're getting right now, you know, about the DBs going back to the, the question of like, why aren't guys turning and looking for the ball? And I think it was like Jeff Halfley. I remember like the media tried to explain it. I don't know if I'm correct or this is the, the philosophy that's used by all coaches, but it's, it's kind of like if you're getting beat, you're not turning to look for the ball. If you're in good position, you're turning to look for the ball. Is that correct? And like, did you see anything wrong with what the DBs were doing? Or were they actually following the correct philosophy and maybe they're getting beat. So they're not turning to look because they got to try and catch up with their man. I guess the thoughts on that. Cause it's a big, every, like a lot of Ohio state fans are always like, why don't our DBs look for the ball? And I know there's like a reason behind that. So maybe you guys can see, obviously explain it. Uh, the way it was explained to me and, uh, and Phil, I think you're right. When you are getting beat, uh, there's no time to look back. You're trying to recruit. Uh, trying to recover and, and, and get caught up with the wide receiver. Uh, the one thing that you want to do and, and that was always coached to do is get position on the wide receiver and then turn your head and look back. Also, if you are getting beat, you know, for the most part, wide receivers' eyes get real big when that ball is in the air and you try to yeah. time it up to where they put their hands out and, you know, try to try to break their forearms if you can to try to, uh, you know, um, disrupt uh, the pass play. Uh, but I think you're right. You know, uh, if you're getting beat constantly, you're going to be in recovery mode. And um, and that's not always going to fare well for us. So I think right now is just uh, getting good body position. And you really can't play the ball until you have that man um, covered up. So we just need to do a better job on that end and making sure that we're in good position. Yeah, that that's good. So other question I had uh, for both of you. So. We're coming up on the, you know, the bye week. This team is, is pretty nicked up with like a lot of different injuries. So uh, how, how do you get, like, how did you guys handle practice during the bye? Like, are you, I mean, is it just shells or are you guys doing walkthroughs? Like, or do you have like a full practice each day? Like how, how does that handled and does it sort of adjust depending on the team's health? Like what, what is that going to look like? Do you think for this team? See, uh, you take that one because I, I, I know what my answer would be, but I'd love to hear your answer as a, as a player and if you were uh, coaching. Well, um, I think it's tough going into the bye week, uh, especially when you're um, coming off of great momentum. You don't want to lose that momentum that you uh, have. I've had coaches say, hey, we're going we're gonna to keep it business as usual through the week. Of course, the guys who are dinged up, uh, you know, you're going to use the majority of that bye week to get healthy. But for the most part, you do not want to get to a point to where you're lackluster in any type of way, shape, or form. I believe on one of the bye weeks I can remember, um, even when it was, uh, you know, you know, we, we tried to have an extra day of hitting for the guys who were healthy because we, we were on a rise and, and wanted to keep that edge uh, to ourselves. But uh, bye weeks are tricky. Five weeks are very tricky. I was very impressed the way that we came out and won today because, you know, when you're thinking about the bye week, Kirk and I had talked about this before, your mind is, you know, some of these young guys, uh, it's their first time away from home, whether it's California, Texas, Florida, or even, yeah. you know, somewhere within the States. So you're kind of yearning to go home, get a home-cooked meal and, and whatnot. But um, to answer your question, I just think that, um, you know, with the guys nicked up this year, uh, let's focus on um, – you know, making sure that we recover, get these guys back healthy and uh, and keep pushing. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question, Phil. And I think it completely depends upon how good's the team doing, you know, because I've been on 
teams when we caught a bye week when we were three and three and I was on a team, you know, when we we're undefeated or you know, we had the, the one loss to Texas in 05. So I think it totally depends on if the team's good. If the team's good, you could probably uh, lay off the starters. Uh, I think that it's a good time to put the screws to the young guys uh, that haven't played because, frankly, they need to scrimmage. And uh, I think that that's always a smart thing to do is, is get them some some good uh, good versus good reps. You know, scrimmage them at the end of each practice. Uh, let the young, let the older guys go in. Um, you know, throw them a bone. Just have them do some conditioning with with Mick. You know, do some running, whatever. Some light, some light running. Uh, but I think it's important to uh, really develop the young guys that aren't playing right now and have them go uh, good versus good. I mean, you could have Devin Brown, you know, in a in a red jersey live, you know, scrimmage, uh, see how he does. I, I just. You know, it's 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 a time to develop that that bottom of the roster, the guys that aren't playing, maybe some of the older guys that you want to get a really good hard look at to see if they're going to make the uh, jump into the portal after the season. You know, see if hey, maybe you should kind of nudge them towards the portal because you know, the roster management has never been uh, more important than it is now, and you've never had more of more options and varieties than you do right now. Because with the one, you know, the one year, uh, or excuse me, the the one time transfer where anyone can transfer in. Uh, every one of those scholarships is much more valuable because, you know, kids can, you can push kids out. You can bring in some impact kids, especially at positions like corner and tackle. And I'm sure Mark D'Antoni is watching every game possible to try and find us some more corners. Uh, you know, any, any spots where we look a little soft in the depth chart, I think that he's going to be uh, aggressively pursuing kids. And, uh, you know, this is part of a uh, big, of big league football. I mean, you look at uh, Alabama, they're just kicked off against A&M and, you know, they, they're, they're starting tailbacks from Georgia Tech and they're, they have a, a tackle from Vanderbilt. And, you know, that's the way the new wave in college football. And, you know, we're, we have to be aggressive um, at shopping for kids in the offseason. So I think some of these third and fourth year guys that haven't played or they're not in the two deep, you know, they got to get a good hard look at them this week in the bye week, uh, practice them hard and, and see if they really have a future here or if they're somebody that you know, might need to level down and, and go elsewhere. Like, I mean, there's nothing, there's no shame in that. I mean, Max Ray went to Colorado. He, he took a medical red shirt. So now he's a G at Toledo. Uh, Ryan Jacoby is, is playing uh, for Pittsburgh at tackle. Um, again, there's, there's no shame in that. Uh, Cause these kids, they need to go play. I mean, hell Joe Burrow did it. And he became the number one pick of the draft. So these kids want to be NFL players. They got to get on the field. And frankly, some of them aren't quite Ohio state material. So, uh, I think this is a good week to to get some good evaluations on on some of these, uh, especially the trenches. Some of these O linemen, D linemen, you really got to see if they're if they're up to snuff. And you know, when you switch out your coordinator and you switch out your O line coach, like yeah, it ain't the guy that recruited you anymore. So he has no loyalty to you, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what these guys end up doing from there. Hey, I think yeah. that's a great point that you made too. You know, getting the two deep and the younger guys and guys who have been around three or four years. It's almost like bowl practice, you know, uh-huh. how you go about it there. And and the one thing that you did hit on again is that this is this has always been big business, but it is uh, even bigger now with the portal out there and the pressure of making um, the playoffs. So um, this is a big week um, for everyone. Uh, across the board and um, just looking forward to seeing how we're going to handle it and um, and how we're going to, you know, come off of the bye week. Great question, Phil. You've been, you've been rapid fire at them all day. So what else you got in there? Yeah. Well, also just kind of touching on what you got. It's like an interesting time because I feel like if you're like 
not really an Ohio State player. I, I can't imagine how hard it's almost like a personal conflict like for these players. It's like, do I want to be a special teams player and a contributor on a team that could win a national championship? Or do I want to go to maybe a little bit of a lower level play, but not have that opportunity and, and probably not make the NFL. And I'm sure like a reason, like a lot of you guys make it to Ohio state is because you're very confident in your ability is to be the best players. So they probably lean more towards like, I'm going to go play somewhere else and I'll make it wherever, but it's an interesting conflict. Um, so one of the, the questions we're, we're getting in the chat here and it's popped up a few times, like, do we think that the DBs and the, uh, mostly the DBs, not the, the entire secondary are going to like mitigate our chances to go out and win a national championship. Or is this something that's still fixable? There you go. And dog. I like the biceps on that, on that pit. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so you take that one. Cause you're, you're a DB. I don't know anything about being a DB. So go ahead and take that. I, I think right now um, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, you have to look at the whole scale. It, it, it could be. I mean, and then we'll be pointing back to these games earlier in the season, mid-season on, you know, some changes that uh, we need to make. Um, again, going back to what I said earlier, and what you know, if it was the D-line, that's one thing. We've seen it with linebackers. That's another thing. But when that's your last line of defense, yeah. and a lot of these teams that we're going to play, um, just like Kirk was saying, when we get up in the score, you know, we get up on another uh, – up on our opponent, they're going to throw the ball. And uh, when we get a team at some point who is more, um, you know, on our level, uh, I, I do think that it could hurt us. So, you know, it is something that we do need to uh, take care of right now. And, um, and, and and it's going to be tough because tough decisions are going to be made. I mean, we saw it today with Brown sitting down for a long period of time. Yeah. And I think a little bit of that is – you know, a the lack of confidence uh, in the secondary, and I'm sure those coaches are getting the pressure too. You know, we're talking about it; they're hearing about it too, and they're they're going through it each and every day. Hey, what do we need to do? Because down the road, as things get tougher, even in the playoffs, uh, you do not want that to be our Achilles' heel. So it is something that needs addressed as soon as possible. But but do you think, like to your exact point, that this is maybe exacerbated by the the fact that we're always like jumping out to a big lead on these teams. So they have to throw the ball. So it's like, you know, it's a math. Eventually they're going to, they're going to get a few through. So it, it looks worse, but if we were in like a, like a real, you know, nail biter back and forth where it's more balanced, they're not trailing by, you know, 35 points. It, it might not seem like as much of an issue. Well, if, if, if we're getting uncomfortable and uptight in these types of games, I don't think that it's going to get any better when we're in, yeah. you know, say a 21-14 game or 21-17. Um, the big thing um, that, you know, I don't think that we need to, like, over uh, over, over worry about it right now, but uh, it is something that needs addressed. I mean, at, at any point in time, uh, a team can decide to throw the ball. And right now, if we're talking about – we're shaking on the back end. Anybody else left on our schedule is talking about that. Teams from the SEC who think that they may see us down the road, that's what they're going to go after. So it's something that we can't hide. We can't hide guys back there on the back end. Uh, we're going to have to step up. And um, the big thing is, you know, when you're getting those opportunities, there's there's one or two ways you can look at it out there at corner. Oh, please don't throw my way. 
or you can be a dog and say, Hey, I know they're going to throw the ball <laughs> money time. I'm about to go get, yeah. I'm about to go get a pick. So uh, we need more guys to step up, uh, find that inner dog in them and say, all right, I wish you would throw it my way. I'm going to take that ball and then and give it back to CJ Stroud. You guys are going to be in trouble. So we just need to find out who's who in the back end and we need some dogs to step up. See, was there ever a time where you had to kind of fake that bravado and confidence like in your career or you saw maybe with other guys that were kind of shook on the back end? Because, again, you know, some of these guys, our, our fans are absolutely, oh, hang on, we got we got another one. We got another one. Oh, my God, sit down. What are you doing? Good God. We got another one. So here, here, here comes uh, our, our, uh, our fourth fearless guy standing Got to rearrange all these names because of you. Jesus Christ, man. Like, hey, what are we doing? We're in the kitchen cooking, man. Cooking, man. Cooking it up, baby. What are you cooking? Tacos and waffles. Tacos and waffles. My God. No wonder you look how you look. What, uh, <laughs> what my son asked for, for dinner tonight. Oh, that's oh, that's why. I mean, it's, it's like TJ. That's why TJ is my son. So good job, son. Where'd you go? Um, but uh, I got see, for you, man. I got that. I got that extra protein because I know you like extra protein in your waffles. Well, you got, you better get some squats in your life for that protein. You're be just you're just gonna be wasting it all. What, um, TJ? I'm gonna get your thoughts real quick on the game since you're you know late per usual. Um, I just want to know who would you give your three helmet stickers to, and uh, what do you think of the game? I mean, it was a a massacre. It's amazing that Mel's making like $90 million for like the next eight years or something insane. And they, they look like a, a program that you think would want to change their coach, but they just cashed out last year. <laughs> so they're like, I mean, I, I know they probably can't keep the receipt on that one, but what were your thoughts on the game, TJ? Um, you know, it was a pretty stellar effort by the Buckeyes, but your thoughts, and I didn't see any false starts either. So I'm sure you're probably sad about that. I felt bad for your boy Matt Carrick, man. The the Perry Panther up there starting hard, man. Just on the when you're on the backside of the beating like that, man, sitting on the bench, like just watching the points pile Ooh. up, knowing you can't do anything offensively. It's like man, let's just wrap this thing up, you know, get out of here injury free. I mean With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's just Ohio State flexed their muscles. They showed how good they really are. To me, I think... Um, I think CJ gets a gets a chance to, to get one of those stickers, even though we're probably giving one to him every week just because he's got to be top two, top three for the Heisman running right now. But, you know, when you throw a pick six, you know, as a, as a quarterback, 
how are you going to bounce back from that? And typically, like, the next series or the series after that, you can have some hangover. And for him, he throws that pick six, and at the time, it still kind of felt like Michigan State was still around in it. It was early, and I was talking to you and Phil earlier, man. 69-yard touchdown? I mean, that's a good way to bounce back right there. You, I mean, you got to be happy with what he was able to do with that. It shows his maturity as a quarterback. It shows that uh, that he's not afraid. He's not going to be gun-shy, you know, after you just throw a pick six. You're on the road for the first time this year. You know, dial it back in and throw a 69-yarder. You know, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, it's a confidence booster or you get your swag back, whatever it may be. It never left. It's going to happen. It's a game of football. You know, we, we all know that. I mean, it's never going to be perfect, although it was almost perfect in 2006 when I went up there. When we went up there, we beat them like 56-7, but I jumped off sides three times. And I graded out at 91%. If I don't jump off sides those three times, I'm grading out at 100, man. That's that's 100. Yeah, Bulls Bull, always was a soft grader, but, you know. <laughs> so I, I have a question. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Emeka, like he had that great play after the, the miscommunication. So, you know, they, they've moved him off kick return. I think Chip had one return today. Like, is that a risk-reward? You think it makes sense? Like, he's obviously a very important player for the team. But, you know, last year it seemed like he was ready to to take one to the house, and, you know, they've they've kind of lessened his duties on special teams. Is that a decision you think makes sense, given his importance on the team? I think it does, and I'm a Chip fan, so I want to see more of him. I mean, I covered games when he was up there at Hoban. I watched him when he was out there at Arizona State. Like, I mean, his first year running the Rock, I'm thinking yeah. that this is – I'm looking at a running back who's going to be playing on Sundays. You know, what he was able to do in Herm's offense. I mean, he was balling out, getting carries, kind of took – I can't remember the other guy he was going back and forth with as a freshman, but he basically showed that he was the better running back. And and I want to see more of him. Should it be on the kick return? I don't know. I mean, Kirk, you put that article out. He's the biggest kick returner in the country. <laughs> history. Dude is loaded back there. You know, but if he finds that crease, if you know, you see so many guys, yeah, and I know you, you played a lot of that C on, on, on kickoffs and stuff. You know, you're going down there full tilt. A lot of times you're just getting like an arm on a guy hoping to trip him up. You ain't going to trip up, Chip, train him. You ain't going to trip that dude up with one arm. No, no, you're absolutely right on that. And you have to stay disciplined on those kickoffs and uh, stay in your lanes. But like you said, if you stick your arm out there, you're going to lose your shoulder. And, uh, and speaking of him, I thought with Williams out today, I honestly thought that at some point we would see him go yeah. in there and, and take some carries, and I was kind of excited about that. Uh, it didn't happen, but we, we have to find – I mean, he, he is a, a beast. We have to find somewhere for him um, on this roster uh, to make home. You know, So uh, hopefully here in the next couple of weeks we'll get that figured out. Um, I hope we can keep him there at the Ohio State, but uh, you know the business, and, and guys want to play, especially guys as talented as he is. I mean, he's a a true definition of a football player. You put him anywhere, and uh, he can be definitely productive. So, uh, again, just just something else on the list for the coaches to get figured out over the next couple of weeks. I, yeah, I, I like him because he he is like the definition of bet on yourself, right? Because like you're you know. 
he was on the right track as a running back and, you know, NFL aspirations. And he really was like, I want to play at the top level and I'm going to play linebacker. Like that's a guy I cheer for. That guy's really betting on himself. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I, I don't want to say the word disappointment, but of all the guys that I I've been surprised that hasn't found a role in the team, he's probably right at the top of the list. Cause I thought coming in that he would be, a guy that could use as a as as a blitzer, you know, maybe give one of our top two. You know, it's, it's hard when we only play two linebackers now instead of the old three. We play three safeties, but I I figured he'd be more of a factor somewhere. Um, I and again, like when we had this rash of running back injuries, I'm like, well, put him in at running back, make him the number two running back behind uh, Trey today. You know, just give him give him a role because, again, I know. See, you're you're tight with Hoban. Obviously, you know your your son goes there, but. Yeah, I, I just I don't know how this kid sticks if he doesn't start, you know, contributing. I mean, he went from being a starting running back to a guy that barely plays, and yeah, you know, I I don't know what the disconnect is. And again, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in on that. He was black stripe this year, wasn't he? Well, yeah, because he was, I mean, you know, he's already a veteran. He's already a guy that yeah, he played was, and he started, and you know, so I mean, it's hard to have a guy that's already started games in college football, and you're so, peeling off. So all yeah. transfers have to wear the black stripe. I don't know the whole story behind the yeah. black stripe, but even if you're a transfer portal cat and you started somewhere, you got to start with a black stripe. Yeah, every every new player. That's something Urban started in '12, where it was like every kid that comes into the program, if he's a transfer, if he's a freshman, uh, he has to wear that black stripe, and it's kind of like you're. You know, you got to kind of earn your way onto the team, or so to speak. I mean, you're on the team, but earn your way uh, and get the the black stripe removed. And some of it is theatrics. Some of it is like, okay, let's kind of manufacture a good day for this kid. So we'll, you know, like Urban always told a story about um, a tight end that played, uh, he played, uh, I think it was Cornelius Ingram, played for the Gators. And, you know, he was kind of having a rough go at it in the spring. And Urban's like, well, Here's the deal. We're going to kind of manufacture like a good shot in the arm for this kid. He was an older kid. Uh, he scored a touchdown against us in 06. But he, you know, they, they basically formulated it where he told Car- you know, Charlie Strong, hey, call this coverage, this blitz, and we're going to run this route, and he'll be just wide-ass open in the corner of the end zone. And it happened, and he caught it, and it's at the end of the scrimmage, and they won the scrimmage. And, you know, that's kind of how football works sometimes. I know people don't believe that. But, like, in, in, you know, if you're trying to – manufacture something good like that i mean now the kids still got to run the route and catch the ball but they ran the perfect coverage against the perfect coverage beater and you know and then he became you know like a a captain and draft pick and all that but um sometimes like you know four touchdown against us in 06 for florida (laughs) everybody did Tebow scored against us no i know i know yeah 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 I have a question for you guys. So if I don't know, uh, like in your experience, obviously the transfer stuff has changed a lot with the portal, but if you came in as a transfer, let's say you're like a sophomore or junior, right? You're coming in for fall camp. Did they put you with the incoming freshman? Like that was your crew. You, you like lived with them. You, you rolled with them. You did everything with them. Or did they sort of like bump you up to the guys who are in your class? Because I feel like it's, it's tough coming in as a transfer, so I, I just wonder how, like, how do they structure that? Like Kirk and I, we kind of, I was picking at him uh, during our live chat today about some of the behind the scenes stuff. It's another thing that like, you don't really get info on, but I would imagine it can be tough for a guy who's supposed to be a junior. And then they like, they throw you in with all like the, you know, the 17 year olds, like this no, is their group. Right? They, they, they're smart about that. I mean, you know, once a kid, 
uh, has been around for a few years. Like they're not going to make him go back and like be a freshman and live in the dorms and all that. They, he automatically gets thinking, and that was kind of how it was with like, for instance, Dante Whitner was in my recruiting class and Dante graduated early. came in, you know, in January, uh, right after the national championship game did 6 a.m. conditioning. So he, despite being in the same class as me, had already been separated and he was already out of the dorms by the because t- he he lived in the dorms basically like a year early because he graduated early. So he no, he, he didn't have to live in the dorms either. What's up? Yeah, Maurice, Maurice Claret did the same thing. Yeah, he exactly. And basically, he lived in Smith Tower, and then we all had to go over and uh, and live in Moral. But he was done by the time we all got in there. He was able to get his own place. I mean, sure, that's pretty cool. But see, I wouldn't you you feel like almost like a babysitter. If you're a 21 year old dude coming in here that you transfer, yeah. now you got to go hang out with the 18 year olds, man. It's like, right. man, I ain't holding nobody's hands, wiping nobody's butt. Oh, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, I played over 20 years ago, so it was a lot different. But I do remember Maurice coming in early, and just even as an older veteran guy, it gives you an earlier um, opportunity to get to know that person. So when the rest of the freshman class came in over the summer, we felt like we had already. Uh, you know, created and built a bond with Maurice. I mean, he had been there through winter conditioning, spring ball. And so um, he was almost like a sophomore. Now on the flip end, uh, the only guy I can really think of is maybe Chris Vance, who came in as a junior. Now I'm not, I don't believe they made him, uh, you know, Coach Tress. I don't believe Coach Tress made him stay in the dorm or whatnot. Uh, But uh, I I do believe that that is, I think it would be tough to transfer into a new location and, and you already have stats and, uh, you know, yeah. at another place and then, you know, kind of be looked at as a you know, 17 and 18 year old. I just think it's all about handling uh, the individual. I mean, and, 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 the, and those individuals who are coming into the Ohio State have to understand, um, you know, what the standard is and what's going to be laid out for them, you know, while they're in that transfer portal. Maybe that's something that they talk about. Hey, when you come here, you know, we're going to we're going to start you off at this level. And I don't think there's anything wrong with earning your stripes. You know, uh, the Ohio State is a, uh, it's a it's a different type of place. And just because you can gather up stats somewhere else, when you walk through that door, uh, nobody's handing you over no, their position and nobody cares about all that. It's a whole nother world. So, um, you know, you just kind of get in there and get in the mix and kind of see where, where you fit in. And, and, and what we're seeing with guys, even this year, it may be hard to find a place, you know? So Kirk, Kirk, do you think that you should be fast tracked to the front of the line? If you came in and you, and you played a year at Arizona state? Oh, absolutely. Uh, just cause it, you know, it just, it proves that you've actually, you can play, you have played. You're not a, you know, you're not a guy that's uh a freshman, you know, and again, it, it depends on how good of a player you are, too. It's like, it's kind of like, honestly, it's kind of like my boy Quinn Ewers. Like, Quinn Ewers, number one quarterback in the country, five star, all world, highest rated recruit ever, goes to Texas, and they didn't make him go sit in a dorm, even though, you know, he graduated from high school a year early. Uh, they, they, they don't treat him like a freshman, they treat him like a sophomore. Well, Kirk, I think on that, too, um, you know, it goes back to, you know, Quinn isn't going to stand for that. You know, a guy who mm-hmm. leaves high school early to come to the Ohio State and be in that quarterback room that he was in with, uh, you know, Kyle McCord, you know, CJ and the rest of the guys, uh, he's a very confident individual. So I'm sure when he hit that portal um, and he talked to Texas, um, 
they knew what they were getting and he knew what he was getting into and and going back and being a freshman again i mean the guy left his senior year of high school to come and uh and get involved uh with college football so um different strokes for different folks i think that's something that needs to be discussed Prior to, um, you know, committing yourself to a new university, hey, this is how I like to be handled. Why are you bringing, are you bringing me in here to be a young guy? Or are you bringing me in here to help, you know, so, you know. Hey, don't let Quinn fool you, man. He wanted his mama to do his laundry. That's You're all Qu- it was. Quinn? He wanted, he wanted his mama to drive up to Austin to do his laundry. He wanted some of that big ziti from home. <laughs> big city i mean austin's not exactly right down the street from from dallas but i mean i just think that you know the the deal he got and steve sarkeesian developed him is something that turned out well i mean he was shredding bama uh, i think they beat bama if he stays in that game and they absolutely yeah. destroyed oklahoma uh so we're gonna go around the 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 country a little bit how stunned are you guys by the dramatic fall of oklahoma losing 49 nothing uh, a year ago with Lincoln Riley, they were competitive. They're really good. And uh, how do you think that it will signify or it will, um, excuse me, impact coaching searches going forward? Because Brent Venables is thought to be one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. And, you know, obviously they got shelled today by C. Sarkeesian. And I really think that there is a, I mean, it's not me being captain, obvious, but you look at who's getting the, the big new coaching jobs it's offensive gurus, which, you know, it, it's Lincoln Riley, it's Ryan Day, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh's an offensive guy. You know, I mean, these guys are trying to strike it. Outside of Kirby Smart, who has the best, you know, defensive players in the country on his roster, uh, you know, these guys are all, all these big hires are offensive guys. It's like that in the NFL, too. I'm sorry with you, C. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you think that will impact, like, defensive minded, you know, defensive coordinators, you know, as they uh, continue to, to grow? And become head coaches. Well, I do think that uh, you know, from being an offensive coordinator, from from that standpoint, uh, you know, you're you're brought in uh, to to light that scoreboard up. You know, defensively, it's up to you to come up with schemes um, to, to to stop the offense. I think in that Red River Red River rivalry, um, you know, Venables uh, is not from. He doesn't know that game. And I think uh, when you look at Lincoln Riley, a guy who was an Oklahoma guy, uh, understood how big that game. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Was for the guys from Texas and Oklahoma. You understand what it means to the fan base and everyone. So it, it may be a smoother transition versus bringing a guy out of the ACC, 
you know, in, in his first, um, you know, attempt at this. And, and when I tell you, man, they dropped the ball today. I mean, they got their behinds kicked bad. And I mean, from start to finish. And so, um, you know, for D coordinators, I mean, and, and, you know, he's not the only guy. I mean, we've seen it at a lot of other schools, too, to where their teams are not up to snuff. So um, I do think that, you know, this is a copycat uh, type of business. Um, and, if, you know, we're taking a look at the way things are going as far as offensive coordinators really coming in and shining. Of course, until a defensive coordinator comes and takes over a program and dominates, you're going to have a lot of these uh, top-tier schools looking for the next Lincoln Riley or, or someone, you know, in that form. TJ, what are your thoughts on that? You follow the coaching stuff. To me, it's just kind of sad that Lincoln Riley could just – I mean, I don't I, – I get that you're taking the money. You want the more attractive program. But, damn, man, I mean, they had them flying high, you know, and, and Lincoln just kind of bailed on all those guys, man. It's almost like he pulled he pulled the drain stop on the program where, you know, they're – I mean, they're just building up. They're stocking up. Every year they're getting – they're putting themselves in contention to be in the college football playoffs. And he just, you know, sets his sail out west. And it really just kind of left them high and dry. To me, I guess you can kind of expect or see how a program would fall off, you know, and players are going to be like, eh, okay. How many of his recruits? I mean, I don't look close enough on the recruiting trail to know whether did six, seven, eight, nine guys, did they flip and say, I'm going to roll and, and, and go with coach out to USC? I mean, how many of those guys – did he say that he even wanted to come out there? Was he looking to do something completely different? I'm with you. I think Venables is a guy that you have to go after. I like his game. I like what he does. You know, defensively, yeah, it might not be sexy, but, I mean, just look at our own our, our own backyard here, man. Look what Jim Knowles is doing, man. Jim Knowles is kind of changing the trajectory of this team. You know, this, this I've seen this type of offensive production out of Ohio State before, but I haven't seen a defense like this. Since 2002, shout out my man C. Willie, you know. But these, I mean, I think I think Jim Noel brings a credibility, and he's got these guys defensively saying, hey, listen, we're going to go out there and we're going to attempt to cover down on Alabama better than we did before because it wasn't very good before. So I like – does it transition well for a defensive guy to be a head coach? I don't really know that. I think C's spot on again. The way the game is now, it's sexy and it's attractive to put up a lot of points. Put your foot down on the gas. That's what Urban did. You know, we played under Coach Tress, and I'm not sure what Coach Coop was like uh, early in your career, see, but, I mean, Coach Tress was about winning with class. So when you got up over 30 points and they only had seven, you felt like you took your foot off the gas a little bit. You're just running power right, power left, milk the clock, get out the game, stay healthy, and move on to the next one. I mean, if I'm up by 30 – I'm coming out first and 10, and I'm trying to throw a Hail Mary. I'm trying to go down the field on you and put up 36, you know, because that's – when you – in, in the game of football, we all know how wild it can get. You never take your foot off somebody's throat until there's triple zeros on the clock in the fourth quarter, or you will find a way to get beat and lose a game in the end. Yep. There's no coddling your uh, opponent. Hey, TJ, and for, for everyone else on here – do you think that Coach Knowles could have left OSU, I mean, uh, Oklahoma State last year and took on a head coaching job and still got those same results? I think I think going from D coordinator to D coordinator is one thing. 
but going from defensive yeah. coordinator to head coach is another thing. I mean, look at one of our guys, Marcus Freeman. I mean, yeah. a guy who went, uh, you know, who left Cincinnati where he was dominant as a D coordinator when he was at Notre Dame, did his thing as a D coordinator, but it's a different pair of shoes to, uh, to fill whenever you're taking that and becoming a head coach. And I do want to see how that's going to move, uh, you know, how, how, how that's going to go moving forward with a lot of these uh, premier D coordinators who are going to be in position to take on head coaching roles. Can, can it transfer, can it, um, you know, transition over into the head coaching department? We've seen it on the offensive end of things, but defensively it, it's been a struggle for, for a lot of these guys who take on that role. And I don't know if it's because they're not calling the plays. Now you look at a guy like coach Ryan day, who was an O coordinator, you know, and now head coach and still calling his plays. I'm sure Lincoln Riley's doing a lot of the same thing. These guys don't, you know, hand that sheet to someone else. You know, they're the head coach and they're still the coordinators. Um, I think, um, you know, it's a lot different when you're a defensive guy and you're coming in as a head coach, learning that role, and now you're handing that play sheet to someone else to try to uh, emulate you on how, you know, how even you got that job, so. I mean, I, I think he's got the personality to do it. I mean, I'll, I'll deflect over to Phil and Kirk. I mean, I, I think I think Jim Knowles has that type of capture ability. When, when he starts talking to the dudes on his team, they all listen. And that's what a head dude has to do. You might be right. Would it be the perfect time for him? Who knows? Go win a national championship or two for Ohio State and see if he doesn't pull some Dino-type stuff. And go make that run, you know, go pop into Cincinnati or go get your own head coaching gig up at Michigan State. You know, you got to credit Dino for the, oh, yeah. the reemergence of Michigan State. Without a doubt, it started with Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, uh, Michigan State was dead in the water prior to him coming <laughs> in and breathing life into that program. And, I mean, even now um, with Coach Tucker being there, I mean, you're still going off of the standard that uh, Coach Mark Antonio set for Michigan State. I mean, um, so, you know, he, and he's feeling that too. I mean, he, you know, Coach D'Antonio's records are sitting there in his face too, and this guy has $100 million now. So um, I think you're right, TJ. I mean, Coach Knowles, whenever he speaks, everyone listens. Um you know, his defense is definitely listening to him and flying around. And that's the other thing, uh, you know, I, I really feel with his voice, his voice of reason will be in that secondary room before you know it. Yeah, at some point he's going to go in there and say, hey, guys, you know, this we've we, we got to fix this. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how all this shakes out. Yeah, I, I think it's hey, interesting. Go ahead. Man, you see that? You see that smoke rising? It's coming yeah, up. Your, your house on fire? We ain't, we ain't <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the smoke detector from going off because they will show up, man. Are they? I'm sure they will. What are you going to say, Phil, before we were really interrupted by Chef Boyardee? <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, I, I don't think it's like a universal really need an offensive mind to lead a program. I, I think Luke Fickle obviously comes to mind as like a defensive minded guy that's done a great job. But it, yeah, it is interesting. Like with Jim Knowles, you know, he comes in, we kind of view him as this like defensive guru, and he's obviously changed things very quickly. It is strange to me that it took him like this long to, and, you know, like he was saying, he's still a defensive coordinator. He still hasn't made it to like the top level of football as a head coach. But I don't know. I just think like a head coach, there's kind of like two tracks. They're like, you're the, 
you're like the genius of the offense or the defense or and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because you obviously know him much more than than I would as more of a fan but the Urban Meyer philosophy which is more like I'm the CEO my job is to install culture and like the effort and everything with it and hire the right people rather than it's like my job to lead a certain part so like you can be a defensive minded guy but I think you have to have that culture and that leadership part of it. It seems like it's harder for the, the guys on the defensive side to get to the top. Uh, Luke Fickle is a great example, but you know, he's still hanging there at Cincinnati, which has turned into a really good program, but uh, it would be interesting to see more guys on the defensive side, get those head coaching opportunities, but both in the NFL and in college, it seems like they're going to turn towards those offensive minded coaches more quickly. I just think that the way the game is skewed now, um, it's almost impossible to play cornerback. It's almost impossible to not give up 250 yards in the air. I mean, unless you're playing somebody who's just putrid like Michigan State. But you look in the NFL, you look at college football, the game's geared toward offense. Athletic directors feel a lot of uh, pressure to fill the stadiums. People like seeing touchdowns. You know, everybody who's an Ohio State fan obviously loves Ryan Day's offense as opposed to Jim Trussell's offense. Uh, you know, Jim, go Trussell won a national title running uh, 46 a lot and uh, getting some timely plays from from Mike Janglang Jenkins and some of those guys. But, you know, the way we score it now, I mean, it just doesn't – the defense can really let their hair back because they know if they give up a score, we're probably going to put two more on the board, and, and it is what it is. So I, I, I think that the way the game is now, uh, I think the Venable single will be something that will be real interesting to watch because he was deemed as like a kind of a – not a savior hire, but, you know, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma in the middle of the night, went to USC. I think that's an upgrade of a job, especially with Oklahoma going into the SEC and USC joining the Big Ten. I think that's an A-list team coming into the Big Ten. But, you know, if I'm an athletic director and I'm looking around at these head coaches and I'm seeing Brett Venables and, you know, he's, again, he was one of the premier defensive guys who's like a $2.5 million DC at Clemson. And all of a sudden he shows up and, man, they're dropping 49 on a defensive guru. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking for that next young offensive guy, which, again, which is why I consistently say that, you know, Brian Hartline is going to be a very hot commodity soon. You know, as soon as he starts calling plays, but I mean, he's a he's a dynamic recruiter. He's an offensive wizard. His players love him. Uh, you know, he's young. He's got the look. You Because, know, again, as, as dumb as it is, like the look matters. Like people want to have a certain look for their face of their he franchise. Yeah, he's oh, he's like. Why are you yeah. over, hey, why 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 are you over here stroking the Glendale Golden Eagles ego, man? He don't need to stroke what it, anymore. What it, what it, I mean, it, well, not all the Glendale guys look good because like there's like him and Brandon Long, and then there's on one side, and then there's you and like Nick Smith on the other side of the spectrum. So it's like, you know, they, they 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 passed it on when they uh they got to yo, you. But true, um, true, true story though, when we played Michigan State in '05. No, it was, it was, I can't remember when it was, but it, you were in there because I know you missed the 05 game. And when Brandon Long from Glen Oak came running into the game, Kirk's in the huddle and he's slapping on my, my, my thigh pad. Like, look, 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 it's your boy 47 from Glen Oak. He's like, I'm about to whoop his ass. He's, he's, <laughs> he's terrible. Troy, Troy hit him with the Ohio, Ohio call so we could put the double team on Brandon Long. And we ran this cat out the back of the end zone. <laughs> Oh god, it was it was bad, man. I mean, all those other Glenow guys other than you weren't really that good, you know. I was, I, was, I had high hopes for for Nick and those guys and Ryan Palmer, and I don't think any of them ever produced anything outside of you. But um, that being said, uh, 
wrap this thing up pretty quick here. Uh, Bama and AM is scoreless. It looks like a, oh my God, Bama's, Bama's quarterback uh, has three yards passing, uh, Jalen Monroe. So, yeah, it's not quite what uh, what the Ohio State thing is. And this, um, the thing I'm going to end this with is, is this Ohio State's best chance to win a national championship under Ryan Day? Obviously, 19, the team was loaded, uh, didn't get it done. But, I mean, you know, it's a combination of the skill, uh, the defensive hire and prowess of Jim Knowles, and just how average everybody else is. Like, I think, and I think Georgia's probably number one in the country right now. Bam, but I think they're beatable. I think Bam is beatable. I just don't see that supernova team right now, like that LSU team from 19 or a team where I'm like, or or even Alabama on 20, where I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how we're going to compete with that. I just, I don't see that, uh, which is why I really want to get a good look at Bama and AM tonight. Because uh, AM, I think, is they're, they're, they're sliding, but they're, they're as talented as anybody in the country, but they've got two losses because they're just not focused. But uh, I'll start with UC. Is this Ohio, is this Ryan Day's best chance to win a national title this year? I think so. I mean, um, I mean, it's right there in front of us. Uh, we have an explosive offense. Uh, defense has definitely improved uh, from seasons past. Why not us? Uh, you know, is the way I kind of look at it. I think there's only maybe one or two teams that um, are on our level that could, you know, do anything with us. So I, I think that, you know, we, we really have to look at this year, um, you know, every year at the Ohio State we're looking to win a national title. So why not this year? I think you you have uh, Stroud in his second year, Henderson in his second year. You have guys up front. You have the, all the guys that you need at wide out, and, and the defense is coming along. So why not us? You know, I, I do think that uh, we're on a collision uh, to possibly bring bring home another uh, national title to the great state of Ohio. TJ, your thoughts? I think potentially, man. I mean, obviously when – we had the talent wide receiver that we did over the last couple of years. You thought that we'd be in the mix. We just could not cover down on Bama. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but when you put tough Moreland on a guy that is just going to completely smoke him on every play, it doesn't take a rocket scientist as an offensive coordinator to pick out that mismatch and exploit it. And we got exploited. Now, does that fall on tough and his inabilities of not being able to cover? Or is that on the coaching staff? Is that on Kerry Coombs? Is that why he's no longer with us? You know, Jim Knowles, I think, is the guy that can get that figured out. Um, one question I want to ask you, Kurt, because you just kind of touched on it, stadiums being filled up. Was that kind of a – I mean, was that a bad look today up in East Lansing? I know Scarlett and Gray were in the house, man, but that stadium was looking empty, man. That was not impressive. That was not UCLA pretty. UCLA has not been impressive. And how about Kent State? I'm going to get on my high horse here real quick, man. The Golden Flashes, they played Miami of Ohio today. They traveled maybe like five people down to Oxford. That's embarrassing. Kent State's one of the best teams in the MAC. You're in the state of Ohio. It's only like a two and a half hour drive. Why are you not there? I mean, people are. Just, is it still COVID, or people just not want to come out, or what? Phil, why don't you answer that? Then I'll, <laughs> I'll give my opinion. I, I just think the the game experience has just gotten so much better at home. Right? Yeah. I mean, now these days, like you have to drop so much money, especially if you're bringing family. You know, you double, triple the cost. You got to park. It takes forever. It's like I can sit here, watch my big screen TV. I can have other games going. I can be checking the score. It's just, it's just an easier game experience now at home. And like, I think that's that's what you see in the NFL. But I agree with you. I mean, I'm an outlier. For me personally, like, I like to be at the game because just like that sound of the band and everything. You know, just it, it just there's something about that. 
you can't really conjure up just watching on TV. But no, I think it just, I don't think it's COVID anymore, to be honest. I mean, I think, I mean, I live in Florida, so, but I think we've kind of moved past it at this point. It seems like it's more just, they've created a better experience at home and just it's too expensive for like the common person to plus you can sit here and make tacos and waffles while you're doing it yeah exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) looks like i'm a judas priest man coming out with the fog machines behind me (laughs) i mean i so i i actually live uh i live like two miles from miami central and two and a half miles from miami northwestern so i was just telling my wife i'm like I need to go to one of these high school games the next few weeks. Just yeah. I'm like, what are you talking? I'm like, this is like the best high school football. I'm right by it. And there's something about like hearing the band being right there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's changed the last few years. Where, where are you at in Florida, Phil? I'm down in Miami and uh, Miami Shores. Bro, uh, you got to go see our boy Bryce Bishop, man. Coaching offensive line for Killian. Is he? Yeah. yeah. They they gonna say go see, go see Brandon Ennis, who's the best receiver in the country, and that heritage right yeah, there's now. There's a lot, of, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there's <laughs> Malachi Tony, the best freshman in the country. Yeah, it's there's a, there's a lot of ballers down there. But uh, TJ, your your questions are gonna. I I just think that the experience stinks. I'll be honest. Like I think that Ohio State does a really poor job uh, of the game day experience. I think it's absolutely terrible for for the type of product that's on the field. The game experience is like the exact opposite. It's awful. Like if you go to like a Columbus Blue Jackets game, uh, you know, where the team generally isn't as good, the food's better, the atmosphere is better, uh, the Wi-Fi, obviously, you know, the Wi-Fi is always gonna be an issue at Ohio Sixth. There's so many people around the stadium. But I, I just think that, you know, TVs are cheaper now. You get bigger TVs for dirt cheap. You know, there's all these other high sense, all these other brands, and you know, and, and again, like it, it's just so expensive because like the thing is like i tell people with ohio state you know when you get tickets like you usually if you want good seats you got to donate a bunch of money to to get access to the seats then you gotta pay for the seats so it's like you know you're, you're dropping a fortune and if you buy season tickets there's like three good home games like this is probably the best home schedule that we've had in 20 years this maybe like the the oh five year where we had notre dame we got Iowa, we got, you know, uh, Wisconsin, we got Michigan. Um, but then you you flipped out with next year, and next year the home schedule is just atrocious because you don't have the home Michigan game. You get Penn State. But I, I just think that it's it's expensive. I think it's convenient to be at home, uh, especially the way that you can multicast, watch multiple games on, like, YouTube TV or on your iPad or whatever. Um, frankly, I enjoy being home for the games because I can be on Buckeye Scoop. I can be on our message board. I can be in the game threads. Uh, I can be podcasting with you guys. So I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I know that cost is a, obviously a huge issue um, because it's just gross how expensive sporting events are. And I, I mean, I took my kid to a Blue Jackets game, got him good seats, but I mean, it was every bit of, you know, $600 to go to a, you know, it's just like yeah. for a regular season hockey game, I'm like, yeah, that was fun. But like, do I want to do that? more than once a year probably not and you know with ohio state you look at our schedule and i mean we're playing arkansas state toledo uh these like turd teams that nobody wants to watch and uh, you know like thousand and know every week i mean you can guarantee and set your clock to that every week at ohio state you're gonna get 100 g's in the stadium i don't see that's the interesting i I don't know if we got that for arkansas state because i mean there was a lot of empty seats that game but you know, it's, again, and we're the best, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country. So imagine if you're M- Michigan State or Purdue or Indiana or, 
you know, some team that just isn't good. Like, I mean, it's hard to get it people. Is, it is surprising, though, Michigan State didn't have a packed stadium for Ohio State. Like, that's kind of crazy. Man, I'm that, like, what is going on, Phil? Like, damn. There were a lot yeah. of Buckeye fans there, but I don't know. I think no, he'll, he'll be able to tell you, see, there was probably more people at the Hoban St. V game last night than there was at the Kent State Miami of Ohio game. Oh, I bet so. <laughs> You're definitely right on that. Um, but I, I think you all have made great points. I mean, Phil, uh, I, I'm like I'm like you. I, I want to hear the band. I, I like that whole atmosphere, you know, of, of, yeah. uh, of college football. And, you know, and that you can't get at home, but – with social media, like Kirk was saying, you can get on the scoop. You can check your different uh, channels on on different teams. You, you know, there's just so much more that you can do in the comfort of your own home. And um, you know, there's also uh, you know a fortune to pay for these games, like you guys were saying. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it's gas prices or what. I don't know if it's fighting at some of these events that uh, that goes on in the crowd. But it has changed. I was very surprised with uh, Michigan State. Uh, usually, even when Ohio State rolls in, whether, you know, the home team is uh, supporting their home team all year or not, when Ohio State rolls in and it's one of the best teams in the country, you're coming out to see that live and living color. So uh, there is something going on. And those fans that fill up the shoe each and every uh, time that we have a home game, they're hardcore fans. You know, they're there. They're not there for the food. They're not there to be entertained other than on the field and to get a live look at uh, the Buckeyes. So um, a lot of good stuff that we talked about here today. Uh, you know how many people come to the games just to watch Script Ohio and, and, and the greatest damn band in the land? I mean, that's that's real stuff. I mean, hey, I committed universities we're pimping other people's universities because they want to just come see our band let alone the football team <laughs> i promise you when i was a junior i went to a home game and uh when the band came out this script ohio man i looked at my mom and dad and i'm like i'm here and my dad was yeah, like, yeah. Deal. see this but there's just something about it you know the best damn band in the land uh you know it was just it was just captivating uh to sit up there as a recruit and just see it, you know, just getting that Ohio State experience. So, you know, it's good for me. I mean, Phil, if that's what they're doing in UCLA, I mean, I'm sure you saw the pictures out there. I mean, what are they going to travel when they come and play Rutgers? Do they play Maryland or, you know, yeah. Michigan? I mean, what is that going to look like? I mean, are they even going to travel anybody? I don't think no. money's going to solve it, and they're joining a tougher conference. So it's not like they're going to shoot up and be a top three Big Ten team, right? Right. Hey, can I ask one question real quick before we uh, get off? I'd love it, see. Do it. What are your guys' thoughts on the Big Ten right now with the East and West? Um, you know, I know on Twitter I've been saying, like, we need to reshuffle this whole thing. I know they're trying to do it, you know, based off of area, 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 location, location, location. But just I would like to hear your guys' thoughts. I just think that, you know, um, that every year it uh, seems like the – the East is better than the West, and, and and is it time to shake things up? You know, especially with USC and UCLA trying to come on board, because I, you know, me personally, I think it would be better for the Big Ten Conference if we weren't so top heavy um, as far as the league goes on the East side of things. Um, I, I wouldn't mind having Ohio State on one side and Michigan State, I mean, uh, Michigan on the other side. Take those uh, rivalries, Michigan State on one side, Penn State on the other. You know, 
uh, Wisconsin and, and, and Minnesota. What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? You start, Phil. Eventually, you're going to have to reshuffle. I mean, you've yeah, got but to. I, I guess you I'll want to have it yeah. out. Go ahead and start. Phil. I guess I'll turn it back to you. But like, would you would you be cool though playing Michigan like back to back if that happened? If they split them, like you're fine with that? Like, imagine like you. Let's say Michigan, uh, they they lose to Ohio State, but then you rematch the next week and Michigan wins, and then they get to go to the playoffs and you don't. That's that's the only thing about if you put it, you know, opposite sides. I personally think I, I agree with you, but I think if they put USC and UCLA in the West, and then I don't really care about some of the like the bottom teams, they could shuffle them around. I think that'll solve it. But yeah, I agree. I mean, the West hasn't won the, the Big Ten, right? In right. how long? Ever? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I keep I thinking about the Michigan fight song. Like, doesn't it say champions of the West? Like, come on, man. They need to, they need to get over there on that West side, man. But, hey, I think it's good that we got Maryland stepping up. Maryland's playing good ball. I mean, you you, you want to have a little bit of parody inside of it. And I don't know. I mean, it's uh, – I think back to 06, Kirk, I mean – when they wanted us to rematch Michigan in the national championship, even though that would have been 51 days after we beat them in the horseshoe, would you want to, I mean, I can see where a lot of people would say, you know what, what else is better than beating Michigan twice in a row? I mean, that's like Christmas morning, right? If you just beat them, do you really want to play them again? You know, I mean, we, we wanted to play somebody different. We got Florida and we got smoked 41 to 14. Now we can go back and do it all over again. I'd rather play Michigan. Oh, well, look God, at this, yeah. I mean, even, even from this standpoint, uh, look at the SEC. Since say, they don't care about that, yeah. They don't, yeah, they, they, they don't care. And I'm wondering how they continue to get, you know, two teams in a four-team playoff. And I'm just wondering, even if that scenario happened in the Big Ten to where, you know, we, we have a big dog out in the West, let's say, um, you know, you move one of those guys, Penn State or Michigan, to the West, and let's say, you know, it comes down to the game. If those guys are ranked high enough and the game, you know, is, is pretty good, do do we get an opportunity to maybe have two teams in uh, the college football playoffs, even when they're going to go and expand here in the next couple of years? Uh, I just want to see um, the Big Ten brand do better because, you know, year after year, it's the Ohio State is on a whole nother level. You know, and there's nobody on our level in the Big Ten consistently year in and year out. So, you know, I just wonder, would it help us as a conference to kind of even this thing out and and maybe have an opportunity to get, you know, one or two into these playoff mix? Because we're beating each other's ass uh, on that east side. I feel like this is the first year in a while, though, they are – you're starting to hear like a little bit of could the Big Ten get two teams. But, again, it's only – Michigan and Ohio say they everyone else they don't care about. I, I guess we need we need more games like this zero to zero thriller. If I'm updated on ESPN between Bama and, <laughs> the, the, the and Alabama and M zero zero. Yeah, A and M will be ranked number seventeen next week after the zero to zero. Well, what's funny <laughs> is like UCLA. I mean, they might hit the top ten. I mean, they're they're now six and zero. They beat Utah, who had Cameron Rising, same guy that we played last year, and I mean. And, and it's funny, you look at their attendance, 42,000 and an 88,000 seats. So they're at 47% attendance. And that's a that's a 11 Utah and an 18 UCLA. And I, I just think that 
you know, in certain parts of the country, football is never going to be that important. Like in Los Angeles, like nobody cares. Like it's just like, yeah, they they're not going to go to UCLA game on a Saturday, even if yeah. they're like number one in the country. Uh, it's kind of like came down here, like the well, yeah, the the, 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 the yeah, yeah, it's yeah it's the, rough. the worst. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's like the U should stand for you want to go to the game, and everyone's like, yeah. no, I don't. I want to go to the beach. I want to go to Club Live. <laughs> I want to go to Tootsie's. There's about 800 billion places that are more fun to go to than the game, especially when it's expensive. It's in the middle of nowhere. They play in the you know in, in an NFL stadium, which just looks terrible. You know, I mean, they, they got to build what they what the U needs to do honestly is build a stadium that's like Minnesota. Well, Minnesota. I, don't know if you saw the, they actually I saw I saw the I saw the renderings. Yeah, the renderings. Yeah, it's sick. You could like pull your yacht up to the stadium. Like they have an entrance for the boats to come in. That. That yeah, that that'll I mean, be. Sick. I don't know if it'll happen, but yeah, that, that'll be sick when the one guy who likes the U when they yeah. go two and they go two and ten every year pulls his yacht up, and then you've got seven hundred. Hey, when Neville Shapiro pulls up with that with that turnover chain on, <laughs> <laughs> he pulls up his orange jumpsuit. You know, oh, he's selling the Rick's yacht. So so a funny a funny story about Nevin Shapiro. I actually went to his house my rookie year in the NFL with Miami. And I was like, it was Aiken Adele's birthday. And Steve probably remembers Aiken Adele. He played at Purdue. And he, you know, like, you know, we all had invitations to go to this birthday party. I was like, okay. So, like, we all went out, like, as an O-line, went to dinner. Then we showed up to this party. And it was like, this was, like, the most, like, any given Sunday party I've ever seen. I'd, I've ever been to in my life. There's, like, girls that, like, have body paint of Aiken's, like, Purdue jersey, his Dolphins jersey, like, this is like these like, naked models walking around with, with body paint. I said, that was cool. And then they had like this clear platform over the pool. And this guy had so much Miami Hurricane memorabilia that I was like, who is this? And like, he had like a Sean Taylor helmet with the, the rainbow visor and like jerseys like framed everywhere. And I mean, this house, it was like Tony Montana's house, basically. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Where are we right now? Like, so. I mean, it was it was cool, but it was weird because then, like in 2011, like you know, the the house of cards fell down, and all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, this guy was selling like old groceries. Like he he would like it was like a, it was actually kind of an amazing scheme that came up. It was like, well, you know, in some countries, you know, they they throw a week out when it's six weeks old or four weeks old, but here we do it after one week. So, you know, he like had like this thing where he would sell stuff that wasn't up to American standards, but for all the people that from different countries were like, Oh yeah, we don't throw that out for three weeks instead of two weeks or whatever. So it's so good. We'll sell it for you half price. Like it was like, I was like, so that's how that guy made millions of dollars. He sold old groceries, but it worked. And then he started his Ponzi scheme. And, but I, I was like, I was at that guy's house and I was like, this is crazy. And then like when I saw, uh, there was like a documentary on him and they showed inside of his house. I was like, no way that it was. Cause I was like, it had to be that guy. Cause Miami's only got about eight fans. And it's like, you know, when this guy's got all this, memorabilia <laughs> there's all these former players i was like that i was like that has to be the guy and i met him and you know, he's like a little dweeb you know a little dweeb dork you know you know thinks he's sweet and i'm like yeah this guy's a douchebag but you know, he's got a nice house but i'll drink his i'll drink his stuff and eat his his nobu uh sushi because that shit was great and i didn't have to pay for it which made it even greater hey, Miami only got 10 fans and, and and ed reed gonna show up on your front lawn with like twenty five thousand deep man ready to take you out Good. I I, I I I would love to meet Ed Reed. I wanted the Browns to draft Ed Reed. They took William Green because they're morons. 
That's what oh. Cleveland does. They're morons. Yeah. I wanted Ed Reed. I made a screen name. My screen name was We Want Ed Reed. What's up? He got like a stab by his wife, right? William What's Green, Boston College doing with uh, with uh, yeah, it's now. it's three to three. There you go, man. Resurrect the spirit of William Green. William Green. Halfley, Halfley. Is, there you go. There's another. Hey, he was defense coordinator for us, right? Who? Oh, Halfley. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Is it like is it like raining or something that it's only three to three or I I, I just think Clemson stinks. I mean that's like the well you know, they, I think though if they have a good game I think they're well I think they're gonna jump Michigan if they blow them out but if it's three to three definitely not happening. Do you think Michigan score looks a lot better than how that game actually played out? The Michigan looked terrible for most of it. Yeah, I'm a little biased, but. <laughs> TJ, is it is this your screen name on here? Are you are you in our chat right now? Because like, is, is is this you? This guy's screen name is I Love Weed. No. Look at that! I got the Cowboys gear on. I like it. Hey, just hey, just oh. tell him to bring a little bit of syrup and some butter. And <laughs> hey, you're cooking, you're cooking for him. <laughs> you bring some. Some new, bring some Nutella and some diabetes shots. You'll be good. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. But yeah, these these night games. I I love you point out the the throw. I'm gonna go through a quick little scoreboard. Uh, USC is actually losing to Washington State right now, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, so early in the game, it's still in the uh, second quarter, fourteen ten. Clemson and Boston College three to three. So just outright amazing game there. South Carolina, Kentucky seven seven stinks. Uh, Notre, no, so I don't understand it. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. See, Notre Dame and BYU, two you know highly religious institutions, are playing in Vegas, which makes no sense. I think it's awesome. I think I think if I was a player and I had a bye week, I mean, I wonder if Notre Dame has a bye week after that because I wouldn't come home. I'd be like, hey, I, you know, they'd be like, where's Kirk? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, oh, and it's eighteen to six, which is not a normal score. You see, yeah, it's like a scoregami score. Uh, Bama has scored. It is seven nothing. Let's see who got on the board for those guys. Uh, no Bryce Young, so they got Jalen Monroe. Uh, touchdown to Cameron Latu. So tight end. They have twenty three yards passing so far, and it's almost halftime. So roll tide roll. Well, they, they've got twelve minutes to go in the second, but yeah, it's a decent slate of games. I mean, I thought this preseason. I thought this A and M game was going to be the biggest game. Or one of the biggest games of the year, and then they just completely crapped the bed twice. Uh, they're three and two now. Uh, people want Jimbo. They want his head on a. Uh, they, they want his head on a on a stick at this point, just because you know they they were projected to be a top five ish team, a playoff fringe team, and the App State loss was bad, and then they followed up with another loss, and so that's uh it'll be real interesting to see if any of these guys end up transferring out some of these young superstars they got. So. Uh, all right, we're going to wrap this thing up. Final thoughts. I'm going to start with UC. Uh, you know, undefeated team, you know, top three in the nation. Heading into the bye week, uh, what is uh, – give me give me too good, too bad, and uh, what does this team need to get better for before we see the Iowa Hawkeyes? Okay. Um, I, I would say we definitely need to get better on the back end uh, with our corners. We'll, we'll get that situated. And then, uh, you know, with the injuries, we need to get healthy. So we need to tighten up on the back end of our defense, and we need to get the guys who are dinged up and banged up. Uh, we need to get those guys healthy. 
two positives. Hey, we're undefeated, and uh, and we need to just keep this thing going. I mean, we still have a lot of meat on the bone. Um, you know, moving forward with those two big games that we still have on the schedule, we can't lose focus and understand that our ultimate goal is to win the Big Ten and to win a national championship. So all that's intact. So let's just keep moving forward one game at a time. Phil, you next. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with him uh, for the the two negative, I guess negatives, but yeah, injuries got to get healthy. I would agree. I, not the whole secondary, just the DBs. Good. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It seems like we swap out receivers or running backs uh, because the O-line is one. The quarterback is two are, have been amazing. And then to, actually to answer your question from earlier, is this our best chance to win a national championship? I would say the 2019 team head to head, I would actually take them over this team. However, there's no LSU this year. So I think it is the best chance to, to win the national championship. Got you what big waffle. Shoot, I know what Ed Orgeron's doing if he's on a bye week. Hey, yo, making some memories. Now, oh, hey, God. one thing I wanted to remember yeah. you, Phil, uh, was um, you mentioned who might you can maybe see back there if you want to mix around some different things here in his bye week. I mean, I think maybe uh, I'll throw this one out here for, for C since I think his – his, uh, his boys up there at Hoban, they're on a collision course with the Maslin Tigers, man. I'm hoping in week 16. But I'd like to see Jaden Ballard back there returning some kicks, returning some punts, doing some more stuff. He's got wheels. He's got hands. If he's not necessarily going to fit into the fold as your top five wide receiver group when you go empty sets, then let him do something, man. See if this kid can make some plays. He's got the ability in him. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten faster. He's learned the system. So maybe kind of tweak with some things on the special team side of stuff here in this in this bye week don't do anything stupid you know don't don't fall asleep on the side of 315 after after leaving the spot or something you know <laughs> don't roll up in a pure platinum with their platinum dollars whatever it may oh, be oh god okay. Woo, chill chill fly down <laughs> fly down hand out those monopoly dollars the monopoly money and girls like i need to get paid i got rent due you can't be paying no monopoly dollars Oh God. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I think that, you know, the biggest thing is develop the depth going forward. Uh, kind of, you know, in, in the back of your head, you got to start figuring out the depth chart for next year. I'm sure the coaches don't really care about that, but you know, some of these guys, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of guys declare, you're going to have a really good, uh, squad potentially next year. And I think you got to get a really good hard eval on, on our two backup quarterbacks. I think Devin and, uh, Cal McCord both need to get, a lot of reps this week. And then uh, the most important aspect of, of college football is, you know, these guys got to hit the road. Uh, you know, some of them are probably going to go out on Wednesday. I imagine Thursday they'll have a skeleton crew kind of running practice. Uh, I'd send, you know, Brian Hartland out. I would send Justin Fry out. I think that the benefit to having Kevin Wilson on the staff with Justin Fry is he can run the offensive line if need be. Uh, if Justin has to go out and see Sam, Samson Okanloa and some of these big time tackles that we're trying to bag, um, you know, I would, keep holding up a photo of this depth chart and say, look, our two tackles are going pro. We need a tackle. We need another tackle. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see uh, where these guys end up headed for recruiting. Um, and then these guys just need to kind of recharge and refresh and get their minds right for what's going to be a pretty, uh, a pretty big stretch run. Cause I think our two biggest tests are at happy Valley, which thank God is not at night 
And then we got, you know, Big Blue coming in in November, which obviously we owe them in a major way. So, gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. Watch out for them Terrapins. They're terrible. Get out of here. Maryland, are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. You try, you try, you try to up our viewers by lying to them? You can't, I mean, you're not going to add any more viewers by lying to them and say that Maryland's going to be good. We're going to beat the mess out of those guys. You know, that, that, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, they, they show up for good, honest opinions. It's like, say, no, watch out for Maryland. It's like, we hang 70 hey, on them. You're one, you're one play away, man, from your quarterback going down. So, like you said, hey, if you're playing a team that, you know, is showing that they can do something, you better make sure, like you said, run through them backup quarterbacks. Could be next man up. And if you ain't ready, I mean, we can – listen, I, I, I never want to put that jinx on anybody. But we've all been around enough football long enough to know that you could be one injury away from your squad looking completely different. I don't care how many great receivers you got. If you can't get them the ball, you just have to always make sure that people stay healthy. This is a game of injuries, man. It happens every week. Every week. Guys got to be ready to step up. Yeah, Maryland lost to Purdue. Michigan was a seven-point game. Yeah, I mean, it could be could be decent. They haven't announced the time. It'd be interesting if that's a 3.30 game. It, you know, it's, it's in November, so they don't usually do night games. But, you know, that'll be We're an interesting one. Already. You're already getting nervous, man. Damn. I, I'll, I will never be nervous about Maryland. Like Ryan Day scores 70 points like he brushes his teeth against Maryland. I mean, he's doing onside kicks. And, you know, he, he and, you know, no, yeah, after yeah, after Loxley narked on Chase Young and Chase gets suspended for those games, I mean, he was onside kicking up like 60 and like just throwing it deep. And, I mean, he yes. was, you know, in, in the in the words of, of Denzel in training day, he's taxing that ass. So, you know, that's, that happens every time you see you see Maryland on the schedule. It's like, yeah, Ryan's going to – he does not like those guys. I mean, really, it's – you know, Iowa, they stink. And then we got Penn State. is You know, they're 10th. It'll be there. It'll probably be – imagine the big noon kickoff. So, you know, that's – I think that's a big benefit to us. Northwestern is – this is the worst Northwestern team I've ever seen. Uh, Indiana held on to Michigan for a minute, and then they got smoked. Uh, and then you got Maryland-Michigan. So, you know, I mean – I think when you look at it being at Maryland, I don't love having that that road game before Michigan, but I don't think it's going to matter. Um, I still think we're going to be able to hopefully get our DBs tuned up because man, because you know, baby Tua can throw the ball. Um, but but still, it's you know they're they're going to get smoked. It's just like a, it's almost like the annual tradition when Ryan Day plays against Maryland, they're going to the business. I mean, how they they lost to they lost to Purdue today for God's sake, so. They're not that good. We beat Purdue by 700 points last last year. That was crazy. So, all right, fellas. Well, I'm going to wrap this. I appreciate you guys. Let's go watch this amazing uh, Alabama NM game that's like seven to nothing because uh, it just means more down there. But it apparently doesn't mean more points. It means more bullshit. So, um, I'm going to wrap this, fellas. You guys have a great night. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm going to jump on the message boards. Uh, see you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Go Bucks. See you.